This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Talk with Grant Hall as we work through our Wednesday morning here. Tell you one thing I'm not going to do, Grant. I'm not going to do this at all during the World Series because I don't care about it very much. I'm not going to mention anything about that Major League Baseball didn't want this because of television markets and television ratings and anything. I could not care less about TV ratings for the World Series. Not now, not ever, because I think it's going to be a good series. The World Series is good enough for me. I don't know if it's good enough for everyone else. I do not care about TV ratings, Grant. What do you think we're going to see here? Well, we're going to see the Southwest Series, I guess. You know, the, I'm not the person to ask, but I had—I think I had uh, Baltimore and Atlanta, and then I uh, veered over to Philadelphia, and that didn't work. So uh, it's interesting, this Arizona team, you know, Dominic Fletcher played some games with them this year, and uh, he'll get a playoff share, I'm, I'm sure. Um, you got uh, uh, Tommy Pham, former Cardinal, and Dave McKay, the longtime first base coach who was with Larusa for so many years on that team, but uh, they just were pretty resourceful. And I thought last night, you know, I was really hoping the game would get to where at least Schwarber might come up with a tie and run, uh, or even like you know, it could have gone maybe to Harper with the bases loaded. Uh, it was kind of a, but it was kind of the kind of finish Arizona needed, where they kept the crowd out of the game, the amazingly loud Philadelphia crowd those last couple of innings. Here's an interesting fact. We got a text in from Hogwild about that. Both Arizona and Texas lost over two and over 100 games two years ago. Yep. Um, this is also, these teams combined, Matt, for 174 wins, fewest win total in the regular season for the combatants in the World Series ever. Can't be, you know, it's no, it's not a, not irony or anything like that, but they, it happens to be the year that the playoffs expanded. 80, 84 wins for the Diamondbacks this year, regular season wins. Does that, is the, does the regular season does it matter anymore in baseball world? Because you used to get into winning the pennant that meant something. Winning the regular season now it's just getting in the tournament and, right. and seeing what can happen. Winning a division only leads to heartbreak in the cases that we saw this it's, year. It's, 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 it seems like it's changing right in front of our eyes. Well, you know, I mean, and I think it's good for baseball. This is a good thing that two teams, Grant, that lost a hundred games two years ago and kind of snuck into the postseason are here. Because you know why? It gives somebody like me a little bit of hope. You know, the idea that uh, the cheese can be found by the rat, no matter how small the little piece of cheese is. The Pirates can get there at some point, Grant. That's the lesson I'm going to take from this. Yeah, I mean, uh, all you got to do is call Bruce Bochy or somebody, you know, and uh, turn that thing around for Texas. Um, The teams that win 100 games, uh, hey, you could be gone pretty quickly. Uh, maybe there's a new formula for how to get through these gradations of playoffs. I don't know, but uh, it, it involves great starting pitching, I think. And uh, I, I thought Philadelphia had that, but they didn't win. Grant, this this offense is it just? Do you what do you what do you expect to change with this Arkansas offense, or is it just we're just not very good? Do we just have to kind of well? Yeah, Matt, interestingly, I just uh, listened to Sam, a little bit of his call today, this morning on the SEC Network, and um, or the you know the, the teleconference they have each Wednesday, and he, w- he was just getting out of a meeting with uh, the offensive staff 
talking about how Kenny Guyton was more knowledgeable than uh, he even realized about the running game. But he just said, he repeated, we lost our spirit on offense, got to get it back. Uh, he did say that Kenny has great rapport with the players. He brings that and enthusiasm. And then he was asked, Sam was asked, uh, and maybe you all talked about this, I don't know, but uh, would he, having had the experience of hiring coordinators now, would he maybe do it differently next time? And he said, no, he didn't think so, because you know Travis Williams obviously worked out well. And plus, um, Sam had worked with Dan that one year and liked what he did on offense that year. And he liked what Dan did at Maryland for two different years. Of course, he had one of the Tungaloa brothers. That, that helps. But uh, it just, he said, that he, he said, maybe we aren't a pocket protection team. And we only did about eight or ten of those on average the previous three years per game. Maybe a little bit more with Felipe Franks. But then you saw the other day, I think it was 29 uh, drop back passes, Sam mentioned in his, in his Monday uh, press conference. And he, when someone asked him about that later, he kind of just threw up his hands like, I don't know. I don't know why, <laughs> you know, they, they didn't move the pocket or they, they didn't do this or that. And I, I think it just, uh, he, he talked about Dan's a, a good man and a professional guy just didn't work out here and he couldn't put his finger on it. Um, there was one time that they rolled the pocket against Mississippi State uh, near the goal line. It was one of the, I think it was when Arkansas was closest to the goal line. Uh, and led to when Cam Little took, kicking the field goal. He threw it into the ground a little bit. The when Ty Washington right. was open, he kind of came back. wide yeah. open in the yeah. end zone. Um, yeah, all you got to do is float it to him. He bounced it, you know. And I just it's it's in it's in KJ's head um, a little bit because that's a throw that that he makes. That's a throw a lot of people can make. And that's look, that's not on the offensive coordinator. You know, at that moment, maybe you think to yourself, well, uh, if you're Dan Enos, well, that play didn't work. It should have worked, but it didn't. So why why am I going to call it again? Well, Matt, you're from a coaching family. Uh, if you had uh, Criswell sitting there on your team, would you look at him a little bit in these closing games? You know, uh, once once you can't get to six, I think everybody needs to be evaluated, uh, Grant. I think the way the game is right now, if you don't get to six, uh, you know, KJ can come back. There, there's nothing wrong with with giving Criswell a, a series or two, giving some other guys some 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 a little bit of play to, to get some tape out there and to see what you you can't do. But as long as you can, long as you got a chance to get to get to a bowl game, uh, I think you got to ride with KJ if he's healthy. You know, guy, a fascinating component. Uh, to all of this, to me, is Drake Lindsay, who's sitting there at Fable High School with 37 touchdown passes in eight games, and he can throw the ball about 70. You know, and he's uh, he's six five, two twenty five, and he's not a runner. He's got about four eight uh, speed, four eight five maybe. But in a recent game, I saw him pirouette, get away from a couple of guys. You know, he's uh, committed to Minnesota. Uh, I well, think they Walker White. Him. I mean Walker White. He, he's committed. He's at a Little Rock Christian. He's got the he's got the family name too. You know, kind right. of like Lindsey does. He's committed to Auburn. So does make you wonder. Uh, yeah, I mean, depending on what they do with offensive coordinator, but Arkansas is playing out until November the twenty fifth, and I believe signing day is December eighteenth. So you know, it'd be interesting to see how long it takes to put an offensive coordinator in place. Who that is. Uh, most people think Sam likes to run the ball, uh, even when he likes to have a run-pass guy at quarterback. Uh, and if, if the new coordinator lines up with that, then that's probably that. But what if if he did bring up you know, people talk about Bobby Petrino or you hear all kinds of names, you know, coming back here as offensive coordinator. I mean, Petrino did okay with Mallett and Tyler Wilson 
you know so that to me that's uh that's pretty interesting I think you got to. I think you got to play the games you got here uh, and see what's going to happen. And it seems like Kenny Guyton. You know, this is not. This is this is not just an opportunity for him to be an OC for the first time, but it's a chance to maybe take that interim tag off of his name if it works and and if if things look different in the in these next four games. Um, you know, I mean, and I'm not. I don't. I don't traffic very much in the in the who's going to be the next coach, who's going to be the next offensive coordinator, because there's four games left. And and realistically, Arkansas has got a chance to uh, you know maybe finish with a couple. You can of salvage wins. this season. You I mean, can, you, yeah, and, and also realistically, guys, I, I think the buyout is up there in the mid teens, fifteen, sixteen million, something like that, based on the because I believe that after that first year, um, Hunter Yurichek kind of started over, and so it's a it's a there's a uh, mathematical equation times your winning percentage and so forth, but it's. I think it's higher than most people realize. So, um, you know, I, it, 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 it looks to me like it's moving toward Sam getting another year and, and trying to uh, make it work with a new offensive coordinator. I wonder about putting it in these terms because I think you hire people, that means you trust them. And then as you work through with them, you, you, you try to build some of that trust. But I wonder if, if maybe uh, Sam Pittman – People have thought about this. They've texted in about this. We've kicked it around a little bit. Um, it wasn't necessarily that Barry Odom's um, value was in being a defensive coordinator. Last year, the defense wasn't very good. As an associate head coach, as a consigliere, so to speak, as somebody who'd been there and, and, and had to have helped with some of those in-game decisions at times, do you think that, look, I mean, it's six straight losses, um, I'm not, I don't know what bringing what having Odom there with you would have done for during a six game losing streak, but maybe it helped a little bit. You know, Odom uh, is six and one at UNLV, and would probably like this job if it came open. And, and people have even talked about uh, could he bring Petrino in here as OC? I mean, you hear all kinds of stuff like that. But I, I'm with you, Phil. I mean, you it's just let this thing play out and see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I think he was a good resource for Sam, and I think he was about 500 as a, as a Missouri coach. I think people kind of get, you know, last year, obviously the defense was bad, and but he's bounced right back with a good year at uh, uh, at UNLV. And you look, you know, Red Lashley is another name people talk about. He's, I think he's 5-2 at SMU. Uh, Loggins, you go through all the, the names. But, again, I, I believe that, that right now they're trying to just fix this and see what they can do next year with a different coordinator. Grant, we got Arkansas basketball in action on Saturday. A lot of talk on the men's team. Just a little bit of talk about the women's team, kicking the kicking that around a little bit. Um, picked seventh in the preseason poll. Michaela Daniels on the uh, second preseason team. Uh, it's an interest. It's a. I mean, I think it's a good roster that Mike got together here. And I wonder what what you think are keys to. Uh, to getting back to the NCAA tournament here? Well, I, you know, I watched them practice uh, really every day for two weeks before they took that international trip this year. I was really impressed with the, the new kid. I can't think of the name right now, this great freshman player they've got. And, of course, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I saw where they were picked seventh. Uh, Michaela Daniels uh, did get second team, I believe, uh, a preseason All-SEC. By the way, did you see Aaron Barnum got on that, that list, I think, uh, mm-hmm. uh, having transferred to is it Mississippi State, I think she transferred yeah, to. Well, for me, that's going to be one of the questions is, um, you know, with, with Aaron, you knew she was going to be your inside scorer, and a lot of times she was going to be the player who got the ball top of the key and tried to drive. 
So who's the you know who's who's an inside presence? Who's who's going to drive try to get to the line coming right down the middle of the lane? Yeah, and of course the kid from Fayetteville High School who went to Oregon and, and came back and, and is playing now can do some of that. And uh, they, I just think that they, uh, Mike has put a whole lot into how to. Um, get, I know he talked the other day about they were just a few points here and there, but he knows they need an infusion of things, and and they're putting a lot into it. And I liked what I saw in their practices, so. Uh, to me, I think seventh might even be a little bit low for a prediction this year in the conference. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey & Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey & Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey & Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey & Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Certainly to get a chance to play somebody in an exhibition game, to be able to play a team that has a chance to win a national championship, certainly makes this game way more meaningful and way more special than just a normal exhibition game when you look at lessons that can be learned once this game is over. I guess it kind of fits um, that the same year that you had another number one seed lose to a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament, that no baseball teams that win a division go to the World Series. Um, That was Eric Musselman talking about Saturday's opponent in the last exhibition game, the Purdue Boilermakers, who uh, definitely are the last uh, number uh, number one seed to lose to a 16 seed. It happened in March this last year. Fairleigh Dickinson took them down. And they bring back almost the entire team from last year. It's not just Zach Eady. They've, they've, got, they've got most of them back. And they only have one transfer. This is a team that's been together for a long time, Matt, and Arkansas has been together for just a few months. Yeah, they're, they're a smart basketball team. They, they like to, uh, to share the ball as well. It, it will be. It'll be good to get some tape. Uh, you, you're not going to face a 7-4 guy a lot, but you might have to beat a team like this. I mean, you, you look about, what was it, the Adonia? The, the, I can't say his name right, but the... Sonogo. Uh, Sonogo. He's a big 6-11 kid that's like that. that we, could, we had no answer for him last year in in the tournament you know they just kind of ran everything through him and then they had a shooter uh so it'll be it'll be a good matchup to see to see where we're at yeah i don't know i don't know anybody that's gonna have an answer for for zach eating didn't have much of an answer for him last year but somehow fairly won that game yeah by committee uh you got to try to get him off his spot as much as you can and uh man you got to play help defense you got to know you got i mean it's a full it's a full 40 minutes you know like it's it's uh you got to be aware of what's going on they can run everything through him, especially if he's a willing passer. I haven't seen him play as much, but that's why I like our big, uh, the, the twin that stayed. 
he's, man, he's a he's a very willing passer. You cut off him, and and and, and he can drop some dimes. Let's take some calls. We got Rick and Fayetteville on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Hey, Rick, appreciate your call today. What's going on, guys? I'm the one that called in the other day. Uh, Matt, I got a question for you. Can you hear me? Yo. Hey, uh, I know you played here at the Razorbacks. Did the offensive number one starters not practice against the number one defense, or was that a reflection that the coaches uh, just put on the back burner? So nobody got hurt. Yeah, well, you you would do some ones on ones. Uh, a, a lot of times, you, you're going to do some skelly. You'll do ones on two, uh, but you'll still you'll have some individual drills where you you're going to go best on best. I don't. I haven't seen how they 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 don't let you watch practice up there much anymore. But Coach Nut, the only way you're going to get better is by competing. And and if you if you if you're out there ones on ones and and especially when you're doing doing one on one and skelly, you're going to have your ones going against your ones. Okay, well, Matt, uh, that's a fantastic answer. Uh, my next question is, um, you've got a number five rated defense in the SEC, which is just amazing. Now then, if they're competing one-on-one, mono-mono, wouldn't the Razorbacks offensive really have enough grit and, and gumption to get up and just, you know, make the play? No matter how bad the offensive coordinator may seem no matter how bad the you know if you run three plays through the same uh 43 veer 43 dive hole and you score you know 40 yards a run you run through both end zones am i right or wrong well well, i get that i get that idea rick but i you know i don't think the idea that iron sharpens iron is always correct because sometimes it's iron against graphite you know what i mean uh in a sense because graphite bends and iron is just just there for standing. Well, we we just might not be that good on offense. You know, it's it's I don't I don't know how good this offense. You you look around and who do you th- who do you think can can really play at the next level on this offense? You know, when when you see you see the defense fly around, I, I don't know who the OC is going to be. I mean, when when Kenny Guyton's the OC, uh, I I'd like to think that it's going to be a totally different look offense, and and hopefully it will be. But we'll, we'll we'll find out if we got some talent out there. Hey, Rick, the one time we got a chance to see, I mean, us get to see ones on ones, it was the spring game and little pieces of practice, and it didn't look very good for the offense. They were getting dominated up front, and we were kind of wondering. Well, this says nice things about the defensive line and about the defense. But what's it going to say about the offensive line and the offense? That's what I took from that. Is that there was an imbalance then. Um, and man, you I mean, went into the off season, you went into the summer kind of like, well, everything looks improved, but the tackles and the offensive line, who knows what's going to go on there. And I don't know. It just, I guess it kind of started from there, but I, I, I don't know if the iron sharpens iron always works. You, you still got to be able to evaluate hi, high school talent and, and get the linemen in here and, and get them in a college off season. And, and that's something you should be able to do from within. And, and that's supposed to be coach Pittman's bread and butter, but Sometimes it's hard evaluating talent, and sometimes you don't get the right guys in. And sometimes one side of the ball just gets pushed around in practice. Because it's, 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 I mean, it's really the way it is. You you would think you would just get lucky one time and, and break a thirty yard run. You know, it's really been just awful to. I mean, this running game, it's just like it makes you throw up. Well, you've been you've been reverse lucky. I mean, look at look at Dubinian. Well, I still think he tripped on Braun's foot. Mm-hmm. I'm still not sure about that in uh, the Alabama game. Man, with all the room to run in front of you, think about that. You went from from one week, maybe a a a, a running back 
falling down without really being tackled or tripping on one of his offensive lineman's foot, that close to having a chance to beat Alabama to scoring three against Mississippi State. They couldn't do anything. Your offensive coordinator is fired, and it feels like the, 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 the foundations of the program are shaky. Couldn't run the ball against Mississippi State. Couldn't hit the holes. Uh, couldn't couldn't do. I mean, three points. Uh, that's uh, you're not you're not being very successful out there. Eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three. If you want to get in with us, that's the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Um, yeah. Hey, hey, one one versus ones are as like Sam Pittman says, good versus good. Sometimes good is good, and sometimes good is just, you know, sort of the ones. This this team's not going to go out there all of a sudden and, and throw 35 up there against Florida. You know, it's not all of a sudden we're just going to be uh, awesome on offense and, unless we get some help on special teams and defense. You just uh, have to be good what's enough. What's a reasonable number? At, at, you got to be better than three. Uh, you know, we our thing, if, if we could score 17 points, if you could score 21 points, you felt like you gave – I mean, you're trying to score as much as you can, but you felt like you gave your defense a chance. Uh, but but that's that's what I'm saying. What, how, what What's, what's our average going to be, Phil, uh, these these last four – let's just – let's don't take in Florida International, but these last SEC games, are, is our scoring average as an offense going to be over 21 points? I mean, I'd, I don't know. I would like to say yes, but I'd, I don't know. I really have no idea. Based on what we've seen right now, I, I, I can't say yes to that just because we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen it. But look, the defense is, is averaging under 23 points allowed per game. So we got to score 24. How can you be two and six with a defense that is allowing less than 23 points per game? It's, it's mind-blowing to think about. I mean, I haven't looked at the rankings and where Arkansas ranks here and there because, you know, next week is when they get back to action. But... They're one of the better defenses right now in the Southeastern Conference. Really, really, when's the last time you could say that about Arkansas? We're upper half. We're, we're definitely, I mean, you put our defense up there, top five defense, I think, in the SEC. It's a defense that legitimately could have six wins. Get turnovers. I mean, I thought we, we, we got that turnover against Mississippi State early. I, th- I thought the floodgates were going to open up, and, and, and then we didn't, I, n- nothing could happen. We had the one scoop and score, and they had a false start going on but our defense has been stingy all year you know we use the word disconnect a lot about the relationship between maybe not relationship the right word but what sam Pittman wanted and what dan enos was calling and i think there was a disconnect between the personnel offensively and the and and i think the oc at least that's the way it looked like it played out energy wise this last weekend Um, but there's also a huge disconnect between the offense and the defense Huge disconnect. I mean, you've got one of the best units, I think, in the country defensively and one of the worst units in the country offensively. I mean, you've got to find a way to meet in the middle at some point, right? Finally got a safety. You know, we've, we've been the last two or three years without a safety back there. Um, you, you got some playmakers on the outside. Uh, you, you have some DNs. you got some linebackers that can fly around the field. Yeah, you finally do got a legitimate SEC defense. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. 
Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Time to talk with Alyssa Orange from Pig Trail Nation here on an off week. Doesn't feel like much of an off week, Alyssa. How's your off week going? Uh, so far, so good. Um, hope I sound better, by the way. I remember our conversation last week. I'm not on my AirPods. You are loud uh, and clear. You, sa- you sound great. Sound great. You yeah. sound like you're sitting next to me right now. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, but no, it's, it's going well so far. I um, got to kind of just really chill and relax these last two days. Uh, which are technically my off days. And, um, you know, tomorrow I'm into the Halloween thing. I love it. It's one of my favorite. And we're going to go listen to R.L. Stein do a speech at the, the Fayetteville Library up here tomorrow. So I'm really excited about that. What are the costumes this year, Alyssa? Uh, so Finn um, is going as Mario. Nice. And so we're going to do a whole thing. I, Bella is going to be Toadette if she'll put the costume on. Uh, Saul will be Luigi, and I'm going to be the superstar because our next door neighbor is going to be Princess Peach and Bowser. So that sounds like a good time, right there. Yeah, superstar Mary Margaret, the the SNL character. You're going to be. Oh no, no, just I'm just going to wear a gold star on a t-shirt. Oh, oh, all of a sudden I saw. I was just like, what? I I pictured you sticking your hands in the armpits and then sniffing them. No, I got to stick with the theme, the Mario theme this year. Speak, speaking of stars, did, where, where, where are the stars on this offense? What, what is this new OC? How, how do you expect it to look? Where, 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 where are we going to get these chunk plays or the explosive plays that we've been lacking this year? Well, you know, I think that a lot, you know, I, I don't want to just put that all on the offensive coordinator's shoulders because a lot of it just has to do with getting separation with these wide receivers. And hopefully KJ can make these reads a little quicker that he can get the ball to these guys a little faster. But we keep talking about it, and I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but I really feel like Isaiah Satenia can be that deep threat that they're looking for speed-wise. But you also look at trying to get a guy like Tyrone Broden back into the mix and Andrew Armstrong. These guys have just really disappeared in league play. A lot of that has to do with just getting separation from the defense. Um, But also KJ being able to be a little bit more confident in those throws and in his reads. And so you just hope that those three guys can get kind of back into the game plan a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they need to get back in the game plan and you got to figure out what works. I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure what, I don't know what works truthfully because yeah. our identity. Yeah. Can we run the ball? These are, these are questions that haven't been answered. Like I wish I could point to something, you know, but, but I, I, I don't know what works. I mean, they, that's what they have to find out. <laughs> what works for us? Think- what, what can give us five yards on first down? What can make our third downs more manageable? How can we protect KJ? I mean, we understand they're going to roll the pocket now because that's what Sam's been talking about. They're going to roll the pocket. That's one thing I feel pretty confident we're going to see. Yeah, I, I think so too. But I think you guys are asking really good questions as opposed to what is going to change because at the end of the day, no offensive coordinator doesn't automatically make the offensive line better. Doesn't automatically make the run game better. And so what is going to change to, to get these guys to have some more success offensively? 
I mean, obviously we know that maybe KJ is going to get a little bit more comfortable because he might be comfortable more with what Kenny Garten is calling versus what Dan Enos is calling. But at the same time, this offensive line is still what it is. And that hasn't changed because you changed your offensive coordinator. So I'm really curious. I mean, it's, it's all, you know, fun to talk about and, ooh, you know, something different. Let's change things up. But at the end of the day, you still have the personnel you have. And so trying to figure out what sticks is going to be really difficult. I mean, I'd like to hear from some of the defensive players. You know, we, we talked with KJ yesterday. There was another radio station that spoke with Josh Braun. Uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, so we're hearing from players on the offense, um, you know, what they think about the, the personnel change and the coaching staff and what they can do moving forward. But I don't know anybody that's been able to talk to a defensive player just yet, and I'm sure maybe later this week uh, there'll be stations that do that. We'll hear from them next week, I would assume. Sure. But um, they just continue to ball out. You know, you don't need any changes on your defense right now because it's working as well as I've seen an Arkansas defense work in a long, long time. Yeah, man, if if I'm a defensive player right now, I'm not paying any attention to what the offense is doing, and I'm just going to stick to what I've been doing. I'm going to put my full attention into Travis Williams and Marcus Woodson and what these guys are preaching, you know, Deke Adams up front. Like, what those guys are saying right now is what I'm paying attention to because it's working. It's continued to work. You've got that buy-in. Don't let what's happening with the offense distract you on the fact that you guys have continued to hold up your end of the bargain. So keep doing it. And I think that that's just how they have to continue to go about their business. Alyssa, I, I do want to ask you about the World Series that's coming up. <gasps> I know we all had the Diamondbacks and the Rangers in there. Uh, yeah, what are what are your thoughts going into this World Series? Uh, well, I'm just still mad at baseball. Those are my thoughts. Um, you know, you joke that you could play the whole, like, well, you know, I want the Dodgers to lose to the eventual World Series champions, but I just have a really hard time rooting for the Diamondbacks, and I'm just really not trying to jump on that bandwagon. And so I think that I'm going to go with the Rangers. Obviously, still love Corey Seager, even though he left us a few years ago. And um, I've been to the Rangers games a couple of times living in Texas, and I went to a World Series game, and I think 2011 or 2012, and they were playing uh, the Cardinals. So... Uh, I like I like Texas in this one. You know, it's funny when you look at Arizona. Like, L.A. is a melting pot, okay? There's millions sure. of people in Los Angeles that didn't grow up there. And they root for other teams, too. There's still Dodgers fans, I think. But Dodgers fans are diehard, you know? I mean, they're also a national fan base. Padres fans, that's the one major league team in that city. Giants fans are hardcore. Mm-hmm. You know who isn't hardcore? Arizona Diamondbacks fans. Because most of them, that's their second favorite team when they live there. I mean, look, there, there are plenty of real dyed-in-the-wool D-backs fans, but not anything like <clears throat> most of the fan bases in this country. That's what makes yeah. this stand out. Like, there are a lot of Texas Rangers fans. They've been around for 50 mm-hmm. years. The D-backs are new, and they were the first franchise to win a World Series out of that, 98, um, that 1998 expansion. But they're in this area where people move to and keep their fandom so it's like they're the second favorite team in the city for almost everybody there. Yeah, it's kind of how I feel about Miami because I've always complained about that at Dolphins games, but it sounds like always usually – now, Dolphins are better, so maybe this is different. But the opposing team's fans are so much louder than Dolphins fans because you have so many snowbirds who show up. Like, where did all these Eagle fans show up in Miami? Where'd you come from? So I get that. Um, but also, hey, 
if if Arizona wins, does that mean that um, Dom Fletcher gets a ring, though? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Okay, well maybe maybe I should root for that. I don't know. Right. That's what I. That's. I mean, that's one reason. Well, I'm, we'll just take a page him. out of Phil's book and we'll just root for seven games, and then we'll let's go okay. baseball. That's how it works. Yeah. Okay. Let's when, go baseball. When your team theoretically has no hope to make it, then you root for the longest series if you really like to watch games. That's why I wanted yeah. to see the Phillies come back in the ninth inning yesterday, but not win. I wanted to see a tenth inning because it was that much. Yeah. It was that entertaining to me. Yeah. Well, that, I, I can get behind that. Give me a really good series. How about that? Sounds good. How about a, how about a good okay. exhibition game on uh, on Saturday? You know, I wonder how do you yeah. view this game? Like we didn't get a chance to watch the Texas exhibition. Is this last game on year. TV at it's all? It's on SEC Plus. Mm-hmm. They are streaming. We're airing it. Like yeah. Chuck and Chuck and Zim will be on the call. They're doing a regular broadcast for it, so you'll have a chance to get your eyes on it, even if you're not there. Um, I don't know what it means. If it means anything, truthfully, because it's October, but it'll be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Oh, it's going to be a ton of fun. I mean, I don't think. I mean, the Texas blowout last year was embarrassing at the time, but if you looked back, I think this team took a lot away from that. It was really eye-opening for that roster to see what winning on a college level, especially for so many of those young kids uh, who are freshmen, what that looks like. Now, I don't think it's going to be as lopsided as Texas, but you also have the number one team in the country from a year ago coming in here with a lot of weapons. And how do you match up? And it's a measuring stick. So you would hope that, that fans don't get too high or too low of whatever happens on Saturday. Enjoy the fact that they get to play this game against Purdue before any of these wins or losses count and see what this team can take away from it and see where you are right now in November uh, or October. It's October still. But I promise you that Musselman does not want to see the perfect team on Saturday. He wants to see the perfect team in March. And so remember that going into this and just have fun being able to, to, to have this kind of game at Bud Walton Arena. Passion is something that exists in all of us. I know we got a lot of passionate Hog fans listening right now. And I know that all of you love football season. Dave Bushkill and his team over at Eastside Liquor are the exact same way. They can take care of all your tailgating and party needs, whether it's just a few beers or alcohol in bulk. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith to check off every item on your list. Eastside Liquor, your number one stop for Arkansas football this season. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Brett Dolan joining us here today on Halftime. Get your longest road trip of the year, don't you, Brett? All the way out west, Southern California. Yeah, right now. You counting your it's miles yet? like any other. Say again? You counting your miles yet? 
Well, I'm getting real close. I'm going to pass the next tier on this trip, so I need one more tier to go. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. What tier are you sitting at? Well, I got to get to Advantage Platinum this weekend, and then Platinum Pro. It's going to take a little work between now and February, so uh, you know it keeps those upgrades working, which is what I need on these long trips to San Francisco and back. That's what it's all about for him. He's not—he's not doing these games to get paid. It's he's getting paid in miles only. <laughs> Brett was at the Michigan Michigan State game in East Lansing this past weekend, <clears throat> so I got to ask you, Brett: Did you get the pregame trivia question on the scoreboard correct? Well, I did because I turned and I looked up to my left and I turned to my partner. I said, why is Adolf Hitler on the scoreboard? I, I don't get it. And before the game was over, uh, there were several apologies being issued and whatnot. But I will say that's the most bizarre in-game scoreboard thing I've, I've ever seen. I hope, hope never see it again. Yeah, it, it, it was weird. For those who were unaware of this, there was a pregame trivia question on the Spartan Stadium video board. What country was Adolf Hitler born in? They had a big, nice photo of of uh, the Fuhrer on there. So, wow, unbelievable! Yeah, unbelievable. And then they got, and then they lost forty nine to nothing. And Michigan rubbed their face in it. Yeah, Michigan State's got issues. I mean, they've had them for several years, and the Mel Tucker situation was was one that was ugly based on some of their previous transgressions, and that that didn't help anything. But Michigan's awfully good, guys. They are. I don't know if there's a weakness to that team. Maybe it helps that they know the signals. Everybody's flashing in from the opposing sidelines. Regardless, they, they're, they're pretty good, and uh, it'll be fun to see if they can uh, maintain their spot in the playoff again. Brad, how good is that Michigan quarterback and in, in kind of take into account that maybe he hasn't faced any adversity uh, yet this year? Is, is he good enough to lead that team to a national championship? I think he's good to compete, Matt. And here's the, the fun part. I mean, I work with a tri- Heisman Trophy winner most weeks, so I love to talk about that. And a couple of months ago, I said, I think J.J. is going to be in the top three, and he kind of gave me an eyebrow, eyebrow raise. And uh, he went from like seven or eight to number one in the wagering over the last couple of weeks. I worked with Sage Rosenfels last week, longtime NFL quarterback, spent a lot of time on the sidelines, but it, w- it was with a number of teams. And the one thing he kept telling me over and over is how quickly this kid can go from read one, progression two, to read three. And he said most college guys can't do that. He's looking at, looking at this tight end. He's dumping down. He's making good decisions. He's an 80% completion guy. Now, they haven't played anybody yet, and uh, they, they will have their trip to Happy Valley. They will play Ohio State. They'll have a, a Big Ten championship game and probably a college football playoff game. But I'm curious to see. The kid can move. He can run. But that says something to me when I'm working with an NFL guy who's just really impressed with how efficient he is as far as working through his receivers and his, his progressions because I would guess there's not a lot of college guys that are that uh, smooth. Well, and then, the you know, the other, I mean, it was a much bigger game in the Big Ten last week was Ohio State beating Penn State 20-12. to I think it says a lot when a team that uh, should be scoring a lot of points like like Ohio State doesn't but still finds a way to win a football game against a good team. So, I mean, there was, I guess there really wasn't a surprise there. Maybe the, 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 the point total was the surprise, but that was a separator game between those two. And I guess you just expect that Ohio State and Michigan are going to be undefeated when they play each other now. I think you do. And obviously Michigan has to go to Penn State. They have to go to Maryland. But regardless, I think you're probably at that point. And I guess the conversation in Penn State, if not this year, when? Because they felt like this might finally be the year Ohio State's coming back to the pack just a bit. But they still couldn't beat them. And uh, James Franklin's been kind of the bridesmaid for a long time. I don't know if he's 1-9 and nine now against Ohio State. But uh, that would probably leave some Nittany Lion fans frustrated because – 
Uh, they probably thought this was the year, even though going on the road, and there were a couple of bizarre sequences, a scoop and score called back and whatnot. But uh, offensively, they just didn't do enough. And, uh, and Ohio State has enough talent to, to at least get to that point, maybe where they have one loss or no losses when they face Michigan again for uh, you know a chance probably to be in the college football playoff. Brett, well, we all know that Arkansas had to change the, the, their coordinators, let the coordinator go. Uh, what it, what is the kind of the feel on the national side of it? Is I mean, it's got to be pretty bad when you're letting go of your offensive coordinator after week eight. Yeah, I think that's probably where I enjoy kind of tuning into Arkansas more so. I mean, I'm here locally during the week, but I also get a chance to see what the national people are saying. And there's a little bit of surprise only because, you know, Maryland's been a really good offensive team the last couple of years when Dan Enos was there. But obviously something just didn't click. And, you know, Sam, in his press conference on, on Monday, I – I really like it when coaches open up and, and communicate. Sometimes we see more guarded coaches, and he probably opened up maybe a little bit too much talking about the, the losing the spirit and, and too many plays and too many situations. But he was pretty candid about the frustration, and I think that's part of the national storyline as well, just a, a surprise that K.J. Jefferson, who was considered one of the top quarterbacks in the country in this offense, has just not been able to get anything done and and last week was so unfortunate because just 10 points whatever wins the game and maybe buys them a time to to get something back on track but but clearly they were just off the track so far that it it was time for a change but when you don't make it to november and the first of a three-year deal it it does come as a quite a bit of a surprise for those people that just kind of pop in and out and cover arkansas periodically over a year so here here's a game that you saw um a few weeks ago where these two teams um, or are they could have thrown monkey wrenches into the division races in the SEC. You called LSU at Mizzou. That is that is the, the Missouri Tigers' only loss. It was one of the more entertaining football games of the season, 49-39. Both teams have terrific offenses. And in a couple of weeks, let's see, LSU, it's next week, LSU visits Tuscaloosa, mm. and the same week, Mizzou at Georgia. I think LSU's got a chance to beat Alabama because of their receivers and Jaden Daniels and for no other reason. I think Missouri is dangerous at Georgia. Now, you've had your eyes on both of these teams. What do you think? Well, I do think anytime you have your team, you've got a chance. Uh, the, the Missouri game's more intriguing to me, Phil, because I still feel like they should have won that game. There was a late pick six. It was a three-point game. Mizzou was trying to drive down to tie after they lost a 15-point lead earlier in the game. i got to believe that's one they feel like they should have won. Now, we just picked our schedule a couple of weeks ago. We had one open date for November 4th, and we were choosing between Missouri and Georgia or Bedlam. And I wanted to do both, and we ended up going with Bedlam because we may not see it again for a while. But the, the Georgia... Missouri game's intriguing, no Brock Bowers or whatnot, but the folks on college football final on ESPN, every week they say the same thing, and I agree. They say Missouri's going to ruin somebody's season. Missouri's going to ruin somebody's season, and if they're going to do that, two weeks of Georgia might be their best chance to do so because, uh, you know, they don't have the overall talent that a Georgia team does, but my goodness, I I feel like they're that could be a 10-win type team. I think it could be, too. And it's 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 amazing to think that it, when when it comes down to it, in the last game of the year in Fayetteville, uh, who knows what the situation is going to be at Arkansas? But they might have to play desperately against Mizzou, and the Tigers very well could be playing not just for a shot at an SEC championship, but to have a legitimate case to make the playoff, which would which would be mind blowing because everybody wanted to know who's this year's TCU. 
Mizzou may be one of those teams. It's interesting when you put it in those terms, but, uh, you know, you might be right. Obviously, they're in that crazy division where, uh, you know, you're always looking up at, at Georgia. But if they take down Georgia, then uh, they've, they've truly deserved their opportunity. I think they're still going to look back at that game against LSU and think, how do we blow a 15-point lead when it looked like this was going to be their game? But, I mean, they are dynamic. I mean, they've got a good quarterback. They've, they've got good wide receivers, a running back who's effective. And, and uh, you know, crazy things happen in November. and They put themselves into a position where uh, they're working from a position of strength going forward considering they put these wins in the bank, saved that one against LSU. You're a baseball guy, Brett. Um, you got Southern California at Cal, or I think around the same time, Game 2 of the World Series being played with the Rangers and the D-backs. <laughs> How do you do that? Do you do you have the game on on the side? Because, I mean, if you're doing football play-by-play on the radio, you really can't be watching anything else. No, that, 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 that might be a little bit harder to pull off. I, I don't know if we can get out of the stadium and find some place in Berkeley that has the game on afterwards, but uh, I've got a lot of friends who work for both of these teams, so I feel like I'm a little bit invested. And uh, I've got a handful of Diamondback friends I've been texting today just congratulating them because I didn't think this was possible, Phil. You know, 84 wins, sixth seed. I, I, I thought it would be cute if they played a couple games or won a game, but my goodness, they're going to the World Series, so... I'm going to do my best to try and catch what I can, but uh, Saturday's game might be a little bit lean as far as my minutes watching. This is why we expanded the playoffs, right, for baseball. Are you, are you a fan in the in the expanded playoffs? Because the Diamondbacks wouldn't be here if, if they weren't expanded. And it's kind of, I guess, what football's doing where the regular season just doesn't mean the same. It uh, doesn't mean as much in, in, in baseball as it used to. Well, it's true, and you're right. It does provide some hope for some people that are part of fan bases that haven't won a lot lately or haven't the been to Pirates. a World Series for 10 or 20 years. I don't know if they have that much hope, but <laughs> 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 maybe because, uh, you know, Phil, 10 years ago, if no matter who was the wild card, it was cute. Maybe they win a game or win a series, and then the Yankees or Red Sox would win or the Dodgers or somebody else would win, but... We're in this weird phase right now where we're seeing some teams that uh, that I, I didn't clearly think the Diamondbacks had a chance to get to the World Series, but, but more power to them. And I, I don't know what their staying power will be for future years, but they have some good young talent and certainly some talented pitchers. And I guess if you get hot at the right time from a pitching standpoint, uh, you can you can win a few series and now play for the big cha- the championship. I don't know if I'm the Rangers right now. I'm just a little bit worried that we have home field advantage this year, you know, because it didn't necessarily mean anything in the American League Championship. And the deep- Bill, you think we'll ever see a series again where a seven-game series where the road team wins every game? I mean, the only way for that to work, it has to, has to be seven games, and, and the team with home field advantage has to lose all four but be good enough to win the three on the road. We might not see that again for 50 years. Right, and in the stadium where they were caught cheating all those years ago, too. I mean, they've got a great home <laughs> record even since then, but it was like a reverse 1987 World Series. You remember that one? Twins yes. won every game in the Metrodome. Cardinals won every game at Bush. It just was the, the Twins had four games at home. This was the total opposite, the complete reverse of that. And it was, uh, it was just kind of shocking to see. Bizarre. Absolutely. But so what do you think of Southern California Cal uh, at USC? Man, have they fallen off a cliff in the last couple yeah. of the weeks? And I, is, is Cal any good this year? No, not good enough. The, the question for USC is, uh, boy, they've had more drama than you can imagine. I felt like two weeks ago they were the most overrated team in college football. They lose at Notre Dame, then they lose to Utah. They almost lost to Arizona. We picked this game a few weeks ago. It, it's a tough week for good games. We wanted to see Caleb Williams thinking he might be a Heisman candidate again or win it for the second straight year. 
which has been done only once. But I don't know if you've been following this, and probably not, Phil. So th- there's this issue with Lincoln Riley. He's not been at practice for two days. He's been yeah. sick. He missed his radio show. They're not sure if he's leaving. Caleb Williams, there's conversations about him not playing the remainder of the year because they've lost two games. They didn't make any other players available. None after the Utah loss last Saturday, which was really strange. So, my goodness, they have had their fair share of, of drama. And I want to see Caleb Williams again. I want to see, you know, I want to put my eyes on him and see him for four quarters. Is he going to show up? Is Lincoln Riley going to be there? Uh, we've been the drama queens lately with Michigan last week and USC this week. But uh, there's some uh, subplots, to say the least, with the men of Troy. They're really good at picking drama, Matt, because next week they get the last Bedlam game potentially, you know, and however long. So, I mean, you guys, you guys know how to pick them, right? You, you know, if uh, to, to say anything, you know, it hasn't been the best in Arkansas, and Coach Pittman's always stands up and shows up and, and, and you know, to, no doubt. To, to just to go zero dark 30. That's kind of wild, yeah. Brad, is that legit? Like, are, are the rumors legit like Riley might be leaving? Is that what you're hearing? Well, I mean, again, I don't know what credence to put on to some of the conversation on social media, but some were wondering if if he was possibly going to, to leave for an NFL job, if he was considering some other option. Um, they've been trying to elevate Cliff Kingsbury from a staff role to be able to be on the sidelines this weekend if Riley's not there. But they find it weird that it's illness or sickness or there's some curiosity about it. And I guess if you put up the walls around your program and the media aren't covering it like they would an SEC team, maybe maybe that only adds to the uh, the speculation. But I, I I mean this is just year two. Um, I, I don't. I, it seems strange to me, but uh, the whole thing seems strange. It wouldn't surprise me if Caleb Williams at the end of the year doesn't play his last game or two, considering he's had uh, a few comments about his NFL future and putting those above the team. But uh, the Lincoln Riley stuff is strange. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.